All right. Jim, can you stay up here for a second? Sure. <laughs> so um, it was great hearing how many people that are already working in construction and building related projects are sacrificing and giving their time. We have that, like you said, with Taproot Kids, people that are already spending their week with their young children that are serving. And it's amazing to see. And um, one of the things that uh, Jim didn't mention that I wanted to publicly give thanks to God for and, and to, to praise him is um, yesterday, Jim got some results back. Um, and he was... He had gotten, did you want to tell the story? You probably know the details. Yeah, I, I follow this very closely. So I'd, I'd been diagnosed with a bone marrow condition that required uh, chemotherapy to cure. And it was due to start this weekend. So I went into the doctor for the last blood test and he looked at the results and says, nah, we don't need to do anything at this time. Amen. Amen. I, I told him, well, I've got a bunch of people praying for me. He says, well, their prayers are working. He said, if, if I had had you on chemo and I saw these results, I'd take you off. Now, I go back in another month. I still have, a, you know, they're still going to check. It's not like um, uh, at this point, I don't think it's gone but I have a reprieve for this month. I don't have to have chemo. There's a lot to celebrate, so you can go ahead and... Thank you for praying. Yeah. All right, you can go ahead and take a seat. Um, as, as Dan mentioned, we're going to have some HG leaders up in a minute, and I'm going to spotlight a couple leaders and someone in an HG, and there are so many stories. If you guys have been here longer than a month or two, you, you've heard different refrains that we believe that our home gatherings are the other half of what Taproot Church gatherings are. We call these the Sunday gatherings so that we can connect that with the gatherings that happen in our home. Because we really do believe that Christianity, that our growth as Christians is not a solo sport. And as Dan said, we exist to make disciples. And one of the prime ways that happens is through the heartbeat of our church and our home gatherings. As we live life with each other and as God changes us and encourages us and grows us through one another. That we really are a body. That that's not just an analogy. It's a reality. We are more one body and one family than we are separate and individuals. And so... With that, we exist to make disciples in each other's lives, and they exist in our life. And it's, um, I've seen over and over in my own home gathering, in my own life, um, just the transformative power that God uses community. And God is a community. Within the Trinity of Father, Son, and Spirit, he has always existed in this loving community. And we reflect that and experience who God is in a fuller, more dynamic way through community. So if you're wondering if this is a plug to get in an HG... Yes, it is. <laughs> um, if you feel some distance from some of these stories, I, I want to encourage you that the Bible does teach that we are not unable to we're, we are unable to grow as we're meant to grow if we're not in community in a community that is with leadership, with accountability, with vulnerability. Um, so I encourage you guys to get in one of those, and I pray that these stories that you guys hear today will encourage you towards that, to come take a closer seat to see what God's doing in one another's lives. And so Jesus said, 
that they will know that we're his disciples by the way we love one another. And this is a, this is a time we're going to hear from a couple HD leaders. So if uh, the Howells want to come up. And then Harry. We're going to have Harry come up. So the Howells lead a home gathering here. And I actually met them pretty soon after I came into Taproot. And they joined our home gathering originally. So we got to get to know these guys really well. And then Harry is in Jim and Janice's home gathering. We're going to hear some of what God's been doing in his life. So first off, how has God used your community and home gatherings to grow you guys? Oh, man. It's, a, uh, it's a, actually a pretty big question. Um, first of all, I don't think we would have been HG leaders if it wasn't for the experience we had in a home gathering with Darren and with other, with other people. Um, I can truly say it, it's really, it's, it saved our marriage. Um, this child that Missy's holding would not even be born if it was not for a home gathering. Um, and I don't think we'd be even here together if it wasn't for the work that God has done um, through that home gathering. And, uh, and that work that God has done paved the way for us and the desire to, have, to start our own home gathering, to multiply Darren's home gathering from one home gathering to two home gatherings. And um, what has God done through other people? Um, Sum it up in one sentence. Okay. So I think a lot of times the way I, the way I see it is uh, when, when we first got married, I thought how blessed she was <laughs> to, have, to have such an awesome... Such an awesome guy. But uh, shortly, shortly thereafter, I was made known all these faults that I, I never knew existed. And I wasn't sure if it was, if I've had them my whole life or if they just surfaced because of she becoming, becoming in my life. So um, in some ways, um, becoming a leader is some, sometimes the same way. You, you don't. You think, you know, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. And then all of a sudden, difficult things come up in life. Um, sometimes through, through being an HG leader, and, and God uses that to refine you. Um, and I think God has, has, has done that in our lives, just with, with ministry with other people and being able to, to talk with other people. And then also, sometimes when you meet with other people about some of the things that they're they're struggling with some of the issues that they have, they, they start to minister to you. And you see the healing power of Christ in their life. And that just reminds you of the power that God has in your own life and the healing that he's done in your life. And then you talk to them about some of the st- things that you're struggling with. And next thing, it's not just you praying for them, it's them praying for you. And it, it's not just a, a one-way thing. It's not just a one-way leadership, mentorship thing. It's truly just a relationship with, with other people who believe in Christ. That's good. Yeah, even this morning we were talking about how there are a lot of kind of mountaintop experiences in community. You have those certain weeks where you're like, man, why isn't it like this every week? And then there's the other 9 out of 10 that just sometimes seem to just be hard. Like God, But when we're celebrating God's goodness and looking on the year, we're not just looking at the mountaintops, we're looking at how God has been with us in the valleys and how he's preserved us. 
um, your marriage. That's, that was amazing to walk through that, but we wouldn't have thought this was a time of celebration while we were in that place. Um, but you recognize God's goodness when he brings you through it. Um, Missy, did you want to talk a little bit about how you've seen um, God with you guys as you've kind of had some harder, more dry experiences and just the, the, the monotony of community sometimes? It's, it's at a discipline for a reason. Did you want to talk a little about that? I think one thing that can be overlooked um, when you first start an HG and you go for the first time and you're a little nervous, you know, trying to meet new people, um, it might be a little exciting, might be a little nerve-wracking. Um, we've had the people, for the most part, in our HG for a few years, and um, we've gone through so many seasons together and ups and downs, and you just go through those, you know, times where everybody's doing great, you know, we have so many evidences of grace that people want to talk about, and it's just really joyful and happy, and then you have those times where it's kind of like, how you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm getting by. You know, it's like, what are we thankful for? Yeah, I got this. It's good. Just trying to get by. You know, and I think, I think going through those seasons kind of at the same time um, as each other and having a lot of relatability um, with our group has really grown us together um, kind of as a family. You know, you go through those things together and you lift each other up and you encourage each other. And um, I think that that's something that, you know, we have those highs and those lows and we're there for each other through the whole thing. And that's really, to me, what community is, is it's not pretending to be happy all the time so everyone's happy all the time. It's really just being real, being authentic, being who you are, struggling with what you're struggling with and sharing it. And I think it really takes a lot of different personalities and different um, perspectives to really bring a group together and to be able to learn from each other. So I really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate you guys too. You guys can stay up and maybe shuffle over here. We're going to hear a story from Harry that he has prepared. I'll go ahead and hold it, I guess. <laughs> I got this. I'm, I'm old, so I have to have something to help me with my memory. But one thing I'd like to say... I think we are blessed with Missy's voice. I mean, it's incredible. Okay, my name is Harry, and I'm an alcoholic. I want to tell you a story. In May the 25th of last year, a lady in our home group announced to everybody tearfully that she was an alcoholic. Now, what type of reaction do you think the group gave her? Silence? No. They wrapped her in her arms with care, comfort, support, and love. And it was immediate. Now this woman was, wanted to come out to the group um, while she was still in the disease and could not. She was seven months sober before she finally did come out to the group. And I think she'll be the first to say that she was glad that she did. She now has a support group. She doesn't have to fight this disease alone. And with this support group also comes, she has an obligation to that group to remain so clean and sober. So it's important that you do this. My wife Linda and I have become fairly good friends with her and her husband. Um, She's my little sister in sobriety. 
And at first I was a pretty um, overprotective um, big brother. But over time, um, I have become much less of a mentor and a more of a friend who just happens to share her disease. On Christmas Day this past, she celebrated 14 months of sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> this is a landmark. This is definitely a landmark. The more longer you can stay clean, sober, and in recovery, the less the, your chance of, of uh, relapsing. So anyway, she, um, the one thing that you have to be careful with, uh, there's a lot of triggers that can, you know, get you back into the disease. And one of those things is complacency. I have been in recovery for a while. And I was getting to the point where I felt like, gosh, I should be able to have a drink with my, um, with a, you know, a special meal, champagne at uh, New Year's Eve, or a nice glass of wine with a special meal. Her coming out reminded me that I was an alcoholic. I'm one drink away from my next drunk, and I don't want to go back there. Also, my wife has given me permission to tell you that she's been addicted to gambling. This lady's coming out in our group prompt Linda to do the same. And she was given the same care, comfort, and support from the group. She says it's taken a great burden off her heart, and she hasn't gambled in over a year. Yeah, amen. Now, out here in this group, there are probably at least 20 people that are in some stage of the disease, either active or newly in sobriety, which I call white-knuckle sobriety, or people that have been in it for a, a longer time, like myself. Uh, I want to tell all of you to come out to your group, and if, if, or the next best thing is if you have friends that you've made in church here or in the group, come out to them. And maybe if, you know, close friends that you trust and are not in, you know, users, abusers, you also talk to me. I'm not a counselor, but I have walked the walk and I can talk the talk. And I can listen. And it just might be that my little sister might join us in that conversation. So I wanted to tell you one thing here. The Surgeon General states that addiction is a brain disease and not a character flaw. I put it a little differently. 
We're not bad people getting better. We're sick people getting well. There's the date, May the 25th, 2016, has a couple of things to celebrate. Number one is the lady that came, had the courage to come out to our group and the group's reaction to her. That was pretty darn special. And it already has touched a number of lives, including my wife's, Linda's, and mine. The other celebration is, on that date, May the 25th, 2016, was my 25th anniversary of sobriety. Man, so much clapping today. We've got to tack on another 10 minutes. <laughs> that is awesome, Harry. We have so many stories like that in the group, and you're right. It takes that courage, and, and the courage isn't in yourself or kind of mustering a confession or a testimony, but it's, it's trusting this is how God's designed the church to work. Um, walking in the light goes along with confessing our sin, and it's amazing that when we allow ourselves to be weak, to be seen as weak, we see God's strength through us, and we see him work mightily, and it, it does, it trickles out into others, so that's amazing. Um, right now, I wanted to spend a second to recognize all those that are leading in HG, if you guys are in here, I don't know where you're all sitting, but if you guys can stand up so we can see you and pray for you. Everyone you guys see standing has been pouring into people's lives, has been um, in God's grace and prayerfully leading in that transparency and vulnerability and getting the front row seat to see God working in people's lives like Harry's. So I want to take a minute to pray for them and to give thanks that God has raised up leaders and under shepherds of us here at Taproot. Father, we thank you. For these guys, we thank you for the sacrifice that has marked their lives, that they give not only of their time, it is not a one evening a week, um, God, it is their lives. They've opened their doors, they've answered their phones, they've opened their ears, and ultimately, God, um, you have opened their hearts to your people. So God, we pray for continued strength, but we thank you that, that this year in your church, yes, we have a building, but that building is a reflection that you've grown this spiritual building, the church, um, that you are raising up shepherds of your flock, that you've done that, that you continue to do that, um, and Lord, that you build us through our weakness. Um, it's when we are weak, you are strong. So we thank you for that. We thank you for what you've been doing in our home gatherings. We thank you for the way that you have led us through these leaders. And we pray for continued strength, um, a continued shepherd's heart um, for these that are standing in our congregation today. So we pray all these things in your name. <laughs> 